This story comes to us from Thornton Huff in jolly old England, where we find out it's a dog's life after all. Thornton upon Hoof on the Wirral Peninsula could easily be one of England's postcard villages. You know, with its cozy pubs, its old church, the quaint old farms, and of course, all those Wellington boots. Now this is a rural area. Unlike the British cities, large farmhouses are common around Thornton, and so are large families, and large dogs too. Uh, this story is about the Titherington family who, one autumn, were about to leave for a two-week vacation abroad. Thornton was the kind of place where neighbors never even locked their doors, and everyone knew everyone. But in recent years, and around this time of year, the local Scarecrow Festival, it had been attracting, well, let's just say the wrong sorts of people. In fact, the previous year, the Titheringtons had a frightful incident with some of those out-of-town festival visitors, the wrong kind, who had been caught wandering around their driveway looking to clean out their cars. It was a family member named Bruno that spotted one of the would-be thieves in their driveway. Uh, you see, Bruno was the heaviest of the family members at a whopping 320 pounds. Actually, Bruno was a particular breed of dog called a bull mastiff. A mass of muscle, short hair, and 20 pounds of jowls alone. It was this monster farm dog who actually heard the unfamiliar man in the driveway and chased him off. You should have seen him. I swear, he was the skinniest little junkie, probably high at the time, but he saw Bruno come round the corner and he ran like an Olympic champ down the driveway and maybe three miles more. This year, the Scarecrow Festival had attracted those waves of scallies, chavs, and druggy types again. And for this reason, the Titheringtons did some extra planning before leaving the house for so long. Their good neighbor, Emma, a longtime family friend, agreed to check on the house once a day, as well as feed Bruno and give him a run in the field at least once a day. Bruno had grown up with Emma since he was a puppy, so to him, she was a part of his family too. And actually, one of his favorite parts, because she always brought him a delicious leg of chicken or a piece of ham. So that took care of Bruno. Now, realistically, in Thornton Huff, they knew all the neighbors would naturally keep an eye on their house. That's how people were there. Everybody looked out for one another. But for their own peace of mind, and what with a rash of break-ins going on lately, they installed a video security camera inside the home. Well, let's fast forward. It's two weeks later. Having had the vacation of a lifetime, the Titherington family arrived back home in Thornton. Any worries they'd had were for nothing, because the house, the cars, and everything seemed to be just as they'd left it, including a big, happy Bruno waiting for them outside with Emma, the neighbor. 
Oh, there you go, love, cooed Emma as Bruno danced around in delight that his family was back home again, at least as much as a 320-pound dog can dance. Any problems, Emma? Oh, no, dear. It's been life as usual. I should mention I did think Bruno was feeling a little sad that you were gone, but now that he sees your back, well, he looks as spry and happy as ever, isn't he? A few days later, the family, having settled back into normal daily life, did notice that Bruno did seem to be a little out of sorts. He wasn't eating as much and, and seemed to be spending all his time down in the old farmhouse cellar. Well, what some call a basement. See, Bruno usually slept there, and lately it seems he was sleeping a lot. I think I know what's ailing him, said the father. Emma, she tends to overfeed him. I mean, she means well, but I've seen her bring him half a roast chicken at a time. The next day, a local vet dropped by to take a look at Bruno. Has he been having his usual bowel movements and such? Well, they noted that, if anything, more than ever. One of the great things about a farm was knowing that Bruno's uh, daily dumps, which were nearly the size of a horse's droppings, would be just more fertilizer for the fields. He'll be fine, but be sure not to overfeed him so much. And you can see he's already gained seven pounds since just a few months ago, the last time I weighed him. He's 327 now. The Titheringtons gave each other a knowing glance. I told you, Emma feeds him too much. In fact, the curiosity of just how much she'd been overfeeding Bruno got to Mr. Titherington, who had remembered they'd set up the security camera to run 24-7 while they were away. He figured he might just see how many roast chickens Emma had been bringing over to the surely delighted Bruno every day that they were away. Now, the camera was set up to capture most of the front door area, uh, a bit of the adjoining kitchen and the cellar doorway, and so there he sat in front of his laptop screen, fast-forwarding, okay, here we go, day one that they were away, 11.23 a.m. Actually, he can see on the camera uh, Bruno bounding up from the stairs, coming from the cellar to the front door, where we can presume Emma is calling out his name. Uh, his tail is obviously wagging quite excitedly. Uh, Emma enters, sure enough. There she has a large butcher's bag, and Bruno is already nosing it with anticipation. All right, now the video shows her taking Bruno out the back door of the house. He has to fast forward about 30 minutes, where he can see on the camera they return from the outside, and Emma lays down a large roasted pork shank for Bruno, who, <laughs> clearly on the video, is very happy to get started on it. Minutes later, he sees Emma leave, obviously locking the door behind her. Bruno, seen on video hauling the three-pound or more pig leg to his cellar retreat. Mr. T fast-forwards ahead to day two. Well, it's a virtual repeat of the day before. This time, Emma seems to be gifting him with a full Sunday breakfast and what looks like the world's largest Yorkshire pie, all of which is clearly delighting the monstrous dog who is wagging and nuzzling her. He can see on the video 
they depart out the back door, come back perhaps 30 to 40 minutes later from his walk, and as usual, Emma locks the door behind her and leaves. Okay, he fast forward to day three. Again, it's a repeat. Bruno bounds up from the cellar, and it's almost comical how he brings that prized bone with him. It's like he wants to show it off to Emma, who's letting herself in. She appears to take him out the back door again for his daily exercise. So, it's a repeat, a repeat, a repeat. But wait, then he sees something here on day three. Oi, what's this? He caught something while he was high speeding, so he had to stop, rewind it, and replay. Well, now he's up, gazing directly closely into the screen, his eyes intensely watching the video capture. 11.17, okay, Emma and Bruno head to the back door. All right, the camera doesn't quite show the back door in the frame, but it's obvious by the sunlight. They've opened it, and off they've gone to the back fields. But not ten minutes later, a darkly dressed man in a hoodie is seen with his head just peering around the front door, which he has just slightly pushed open. Emma must not have locked it behind her. Now there's no audio, but it seems like he's calling out for something. Surely he was just trying to confirm that nobody was home. Now, the man has made his way into the front door. Oh, he looks like a junkie type, all scrawny and bug-eyed. Real sneaky like the way he's walking. He's obviously in here for something to steal. In fact, he looks a lot like that man that had showed up the year before in the driveway trying to break into their cars. He watches the man make his way over to the kitchen area, and he even looks in the bag Emma had left on the counter. Well, it seems he wasn't interested in the roast ham that he found in the bag. All right, now the man is seen heading to what would be the living room off camera, then back again. Now the sneak has made his way to the cellar door. He's looking down into the cellar, and on video he's seen descending into the cellar. Unfortunately, the camera cannot pick up exactly what he's doing there. It just goes into darkness. Mr. Titherington is all but shaking and sweating watching this. He can see the back door open and then close again, and Bruno rambles over to his water bowl for a big jolly drink of water. Emma comes into the frame. She follows the dog. She gives him a rather large hunk of roast ham. 11.37, Emma lets herself out the door. 11.37.51, Bruno is annihilating the ham. 11.38 and 37 seconds, Bruno is licking the last of the ham grease from his massive maw, and Bruno has become alert to something. 11.39 and 14 seconds, Bruno seems to be smelling something in the air, something he doesn't like, as his tail bends downward, and he walks into the cellar. But an hour, more than an hour goes by, and there's nothing to be seen. Eventually, he's fast-forwarding. Nothing, nothing, nothing happens at all. And then, it's nighttime. Now, most of the area captured on the camera was still clear enough because Emma would leave a kitchen light on, and so that would illuminate some of the details. If the burglar had made his way out through the cellar, it's unbelievable. Mr. Titherington was gobsmacked as the next day's recording was an unremarkable repeat.
Emma arrives just after 11 a.m. A bag of dog treats for the massive bull mastiff, who comes bounding up from the cellar, his beloved bone in his mouth, happily dancing around Emma. They leave to walk out in the fields for about 30 minutes, and Emma returns, refills his food and water. The next day is another repeat, though it's actually worth noting that while Emma does leave him a chicken leg, Bruno does seem less interested in it and leaves it in the bowl. Fast forwarding, the next day, a repeat and nothing unusual is spotted. It might be noted that Emma did not seem to bring him a treat this time. Uh, maybe she had noticed that he'd left the chicken leg uneaten. Well, that solved the mystery of the overfed dog, but that was not the worry anymore. He wanted to watch every minute of that recording for a sign of that burglar who doesn't appear again in all 14 days of recordings. How the hell did he get out of there? He murmured to himself incredulously. You know, like a lot of England's big old farm homes, the cellar doesn't have any doors or windows, so he thought he might have had to have missed something. His eyes were burning red from glaring at the screen. Uh, he was sure he didn't miss anything. The burglar enters that cellar, and unless the video skipped out or cut out at some point, he does not seem to exit. And it's not like there was a place to hide in the cellar. There was a small, dark, walk-in closet, which was really used as a pantry to stack canning goods, but other than that, there's not many places to go. Besides, he would have had to wait until Bruno fell asleep and then tiptoe his way out. And that's when Mr. Titherington suddenly realized he had seen something unusual. He rewinds the video back to day three. Watch closely. Emma arrives. Bruno greets her at the door, tail wagging, his beloved bone in his mouth, dancing around her. She pets him. He's happy. They make their way out the back door. But when they return, unaware that the man was in the cellar, just as they walk into the kitchen, you can see it on the camera. Yes, when they return from the back door, and make their way into the kitchen, there is no bone in Bruno's mouth. He fast forwards. Bruno comes from the cellar to greet Emma as usual, with a well-gnawed bone in his mouth, prancing around Emma eager to go for his walk. And when he returns, there's no bone in his mouth. Wait a minute. Emma had not given him anything with a bone in it. Day 10. Bruno again leaving with a large bone in his mouth and nothing in his mouth when he returns. Mr. T rang Emma. Sorry to bother you, love. I just wondered if you noticed Bruno was burying his bones in the back field every time you took him out. Ah, uh, sound right, yes. I'm sure he did, you know. Mm, he lets me take it from him and I throw it as far as I can. Then he runs for it and buries it nearly wherever the bone lands. You know, I think it's his favorite game now that you mention it. It's all good, love. We just wondered where they go, after all. You have a lovely day. All right. He didn't have the heart to tell her of the burglar from weeks ago spotted on the camera entering the house, and how close she might have come to something terrible. 
There was no need to mention this to Emma. It would only worry her. Besides, at that point, Mr. Titherington already knew what had become of the burglar. He took a deep breath and made his way down to the cellar, Bruno's home. And there was the big boy, sound asleep with his prized bone between his paws, as if he dozed off in some bone-gnawing bliss. Well, Mr. T looked to that small walk-in area to the right, because he knew he'd have to collect maybe a shredded hoodie, some bloodied runners, bag those up and have them tossed out in the rubbish bins later that night. Before he went back upstairs to delete the video recordings, he kneeled down besides the sleeping Bruno to give him some loving pets and pats. You're a good boy. You're a good, good boy you are. As big old Bruno, a femur bone underneath his paws, sighed a pleasurable sigh and drifted off into whatever it is dogs dream about when they're sleeping. A good, good boy.